Alright. Welcome back to the podcast where we play video games for the wrong reasons. I'm Eddie. I'm Hannah. I'm Claire. And we are the Trophy Wives. So today we'll be taking ACAB to the world of Bioware and revisiting our favorite, or not so favorite, cop characters in the Mass Effect and Dragon Age series. Is is it series or series is? And it can't be series is. But that's how I always type it. Siri. Yeah, our favorite Siri. There we go. Alright, uh, yeah, we've noticed that a couple of storylines in our most beloved video games have not exactly aged well, especially in the past couple of years. So we'll be taking a look at those characters. It won't be that deep, but maybe it will. So where should we begin? I think we should start with Mass Effect, considering the Legendary Edition has just come out. Very true. And we can probably argue that the cop character in that game is the most cop-like of all. Mr. Garrus Bakarian. So how did we feel? Well, actually, Claire, I think you're the only one of us who has gotten through the entire remaster so far. How was that emotionally for you? Um, Well, I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet, but I know, I mean, it's not changing, but Garrus is a cop. (laughs) has been a cop like that's not new so (laughs) it's always kind of baffled me that people are so obsessed with Garrus when it's like his entire arc in the first game is like Shepard please be my friend and take me away from here so I can do more cop-like behavior they're not letting me be enough of a cop here at CSEC whisk me away so I can do more when you revisit and you realize that his entire personality for the first game is just him wanting to extrajudiciously murder criminals, it's like, uh, you're still kind of cute, but I don't know. And it's like, you don't really get to fix him. (laughs) Nope, you don't. He refuses to change. And like, whatever, but... Not or like most... in the best case scenario, he does change, and then you go into Mass Effect Two, and then he's doing the same shit again. Like, bro, we talked about this yeah. before I died. I think it's more like the fact that he, it's it doesn't the the narrative doesn't change him. It doesn't really like yeah, and like the fact that you said it was in one, but it doesn't really change him that much. And I feel like Shep is just one big enabler in this quest, if that makes sense. Like, nothing, like, he or she does. Kind of, yeah. Like, and it, the narrative kind of rewards him for it. Like, it's like, oh, look at him. He's like the archangel. He's doing all these amazing things. It's like... Exactly. And it's like, because he just wants to be just like Shep. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like... Mm, the entire narrative is kind of glorifying, like, the military industry. But, like, Shep isn't like that. Yeah, it's true. But it's, like, but for some reason, like, I think in his his case, like, there's never really any real narrative pushback on it. Right. I feel like Paragon Shep kind of tries to reform him mm-hmm. in both games, but ultimately the game is just kind of pushing it as, like, he's just this badass, quote-unquote, when in, reality, <laughs> when in reality, he just doesn't want to, like, fill out the paperwork to arrest people, and I don't understand. I mean, it might have, like, been quote-unquote cooler back then, before we were, like, media literate, but in the present political yeah. climate, it's just not a fun narrative. No, and, like, the whole quest with um, Saleon in the first game, basically... Garrus has run into this guy who's doing, like, you know, illegal experiments on people, like, growing organs within, you know, living people to harvest them and sell them. And so Garrus doesn't like that because, obviously, it's a terrible thing. So, like, I understand where he's coming from. That's a terrible Mm -hmm. thing. It must be stopped. And so the whole quest is, like, you track this guy down and Garrus wants to kill him. You, You can either be like, yes, kill him. I support you. Or, hey, don't kill him that's a bad thing to do you can't just kill people because you've caught them doing a bad thing which kind of a side tangent but like Shep frequently kills people because they're doing bad Mm -hmm. things in the story so 
kind of talking out of two sides of my mouth here when it comes to Garrus, but right, he's exactly, he's a cop, so it's different. But then, like, you talk about, you know, the debrief with Garrus afterwards, and he tells you that, like, he's so mad that he was willing to, like, let civilians die, let random innocent people die on the Citadel just to get this one guy. And it wasn't even because he was so mad about what he was doing. He just didn't like that he got mm-hmm. away. And I was like, bro, like, don't say these things out loud to me. <laughs> he had some in the first half, but it's like... Like, at least together. pretend that, like, you're doing these bad things for the right reason. That's what I do when I play a yeah. chef. Like, I'm doing terrible things, but I have good reasons. I, being a cop character is different from being a military character. I can't elaborate on why it just is. It just hits different. It's just, it's different. And, I mean, it's a whole, yeah, like... Shep obviously is just military propaganda wrapped up in a cute little package, <laughs> and I understand that. But at the same time, it's different. I can't elaborate, just like Eddie said. It's well, I think also in the world building of the like the future, like the fantasy future Earth, is that it's kind of through like world building and Shep's background is that a lot of people are alliance or they are alliance like collected. You know, if you don't, if you're not a combat soldier in the alliance you're a scientist for the alliance or you know you're an aircraft carrier for the alliance you know what i mean like or you do office work for the alliance alliance must be like the biggest employer on earth because it kind of it kind of feels like it's like the one people, <laughs> yeah it's like this pathway that people go into like it's literally one yeah everyone like no, no other the walmart of the galaxy yeah, no, it employs no everyone other, on no earth. other pathways exist no other careers exist it's like you just do your career but in the alliance and I feel like, if, especially if you take into account, like, like space, not necessarily like space a chef, who, like space a chef, their parents are in the alliance. Um, Earth chef mm-hmm. is like a little mini delinquent, so they end up like you know it's very reminiscent of kind of um, you know twenty twentieth twenty first century military stories where it's like you know young delinquent on the run, you know ends up in the army and gets straightened out, and then you have you know colonist chef. Mm-hmm. And colonist ship, and a lot of these is like it's basically like there's a pipeline for these kids who end up in the alliance, and it's like you know it's like it's like biotics, like where else is Caden gonna go? They're just gonna go to the alliance. So I think it is a bit different, where it's like at least in the world that they are showing, it's that the alliance is so big and so massive, and like the space, the space like race is like so big to Earth that everyone ends up working for the alliance, and that you know it's like kind of like what do you do? If you're not on the alliance, at least combat end, you know, and I think that make they make yeah. it pretty clear. No, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for making me feel better. I mean, I'm I'm not excusing <laughs> it. I'm just saying, like within the world build, like military stuff is also bad. But within the world building, it seems like not as if people have a choice, but it's like if you're either in the alliance or well, like you know, you know, what else are you going to do? Whereas you know, being seasick, you're a farmer. Yeah, that's it. Totally, being a totally. Skin, yeah. You get like you know, you get fucking annihilated. Yeah, like, we're trapped by... in this space military industrial complex. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of joking when I say thank you for rationalizing it, but I'm actually not because that is something I, like, struggle with a yeah. little bit where it's, like, the whole thing is just very rah-rah military number one, you know? Like, and that's just not how I feel about real life, yeah. but it's also space, yeah. so it's, it's different. It's fantasy, you know, <laughs> where it's, you know, the lines may commit war crimes, but, you know, hey, at least it's, you know, fantasy. And that's the way they spin it. Whereas, you know, CSEC, Garrus, like, he he volunteered to be part of CSEC. He didn't have to be. You know, at least if he was in the military, at least the Turians have a military culture. Right, that was a choice. Yeah. yeah. He chose to not be in the military. Shep was either avenging their dead parents or they were, like, picked up off the streets. Exactly. Garrus made a choice to be a cop. Yeah. So, and I, and I feel like that's the same way for, like, a lot of, like, the Human Alliance members. Like, you know, Ashley, she gets into... The military because you know was it their dad or their grandfather like was killed was in their grandfather i think yeah the first contact war you know and caden you know he's a biotic so what else he's gonna do so um i feel like it's a bit different in the case of military but if military versus military versus csac if garris was like an officer in the Torian army then i would say differently but he's not So, yeah. Yeah, honestly, it hits a little bit different. <laughs> and I think there's something, too, about the role that Turians as a whole 
play mm-hmm. in this game where it's mm-hmm. like when in two when you go to purgatory the prison ship where jack is you get her and there's like a turian who runs it and he's talking about like how he extorts people to like keep their prisoners and like all the brutality that they do within the prison and it's like the turians need to get a new shtick like find something else to do <laughs> get a hobby yeah get a hobby exactly it's, it's like bio said why do and so it's just sort of like their i it's just like their identity yeah. as a species in the game it's very odd because it kind of because it's like kind of a bioware mm. world building where they are kind of literal with like what like in mass effect and in dragon age like what kind of cultures they base it on and the Torians are basically like what if the romans were space birds and they took that and they ran with it you know um you know right down to like you know even like you know a lot of this stuff is like borrowed from roman terminology so yeah and it does kind of get old like it's like the it's like you know the salarians like all they do is like work in labs and commit war crimes like there's not really much nuance there <laughs> so <laughs> The Asari, meanwhile, are given the range between, like, exotic dancer and, like, revered matriarch. Mm-hmm. They have... Not a lot of people can say that. They have levels, you know. Mul- they're multifaceted. The Krogans blow shit up. Maybe these are, like, not well-written games. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Can't say that. Yeah, so, like, on one hand, I kind of want to give Garrus a pass. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I find everyone who loves Garrus, I mean, not everyone, I can't say everyone, I find a lot of the Garrus, like, quote-unquote fandom to be intolerable. So <laughs> I'm also going to say fuck Garrus, fuck cops. <laughs> like, it's that simple to me. Ugh, yeah, it's just the fact that he doesn't really seem to narratively develop. Because, like, what is he doing in 3, really? He's a military attaché, which yeah. I don't really know what that is. His dad's, like a big wig in the Turian military, I think, and just, like, gave him a task force to be like, I don't know, go do something. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, nepotism on top of everything else. Literally, he was just like, go play with your toys. Because <laughs> I don't really know what Garrus <laughs> is doing in that game. But he's no longer killing criminals without due process, so I guess it's an improvement in the end. It's it an resembles an arc. Yeah. If you can call, like, an L shape an arc. <laughs> Yeah, I just he's not the character for me. It's I he also like has like a respect big thing with him, I guess. I don't you respect it. No, I don't actually <laughs> <laughs> I kinda feel I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to not get attacked. Claire is trying to not to to um to upset our Garrus our Garrus lover friends. Um so she's being very very nice right now but I do kind of like agree like I think I think that I don't know I think that he could be like a more nuanced character and I think that I could even without like the stuff that you know they kind of missed out on I feel like I can't I'd find it all less annoying if it wasn't for the fact that I feel like a lot of I wouldn't say Garrus fans I'm gonna say discourse surrounding Garrus is like quite hypocritical if that makes sense, like a lot of the, a lot of his motivation, it's like if mm. he like it's hypocritical because like it, it's like well this you know they had but it's like critical for the mem- the game like aspects of the game especially if like they don't you know I won't yuck someone else's yum and I don't want people to yuck my yum but it's like very critical of other characters and they don't wanna <laughs> and they don't wanna like. And people don't want to grapple Hashtag with the fact that he hole. wants to commit a brutality every time something doesn't go his way, or unless you're in a romance with him, um, he he is basically having like a very long drawn out pissing contest contest with Shep. because he's your bestie, and we simply cannot look too closely into his motivations. It, why is he our bestie though? Let let's let, let's unpack this because in my playthroughs. Tali is my best. This is not. A, I don't know. Maybe this is a tangent, but like, why the game insists that he's my best friend? He's not. Oh yeah, we were talking about that. He like literally never has been. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't like him. Sometimes I don't even recruit <laughs> him when I'm playing in one because like he annoys. Like he. 
there's nothing I just don't think there's much to him in the first game and so sometimes I don't recruit him and it has literally no impact on the following two games where they're like oh Garris my best friend I've known you for so long I do like him but it is a little weird that like he in Mass Effect 1 is not presented as a character who is like Shep's equal he's more like looking up to Shep so it's weird that the dynamic becomes their besties by the end of three yeah it just the whole thing feels and this is unrelated to him being a cop but like it's very tell don't show the whole Mm -hmm. friendship like i'm just supposed to believe that they're best friends like when we compare them to like hawk and varick yeah it's not quite the same level no even like shepherd and tally have more of a developed relationship like honest, I'm trying to yeah. think of someone, like another character in that game who's kind of on the same narrative path with Shep. And I think they did a much better job with Tally. And probably, honestly, it's because they wrote it from assuming that everyone would play a male Shep and then want to kiss Tally. So that's probably why she's <laughs> probably. better written. But yeah, like that scene um, on um, on Rannoch at the end of Priority Rannoch. And you, and you wish that you could kiss her, but you can't. And it's, I mean, you can tell that it's all written from the perspective of that. Yeah, it's Mel Shep and he's Completely. romantic her. Yeah. It does kind of suck. Listen, they can write from the perspective of Mel Shep if they want. Just also let me kiss her as well. Exactly. Right. Easy fix. Flip the button. Just flip the, the button, switch. Flip the switch. <laughs> Click the gay button, guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's there. We know the you have it. Code for gay people. <laughs> happy pride okay so I think after Garrus if we were to rank them all perhaps the second most cop like character might be Cullen of Dragon Age fame yeah for sure so Cullen's arc is uh, simultaneously more and less sympathetic than Garrus's I feel because they kind of lay the groundwork but then completely derail everything they were trying to do Mm-hmm. By the time you get to Inquisition, they kind of skip out all the meat, if that makes sense. Like they skip yeah. out, they skip out the 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 full journey to get to the reward. The yeah. thing is, I don't even believe there was a journey. To be honest, like I don't think there's something behind the scenes that happened. I think they're just telling us something that didn't actually occur. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, like it's like it's like they've just skipped the whole section of the story that should have been in there. If that makes sense, like yeah. So then they're if- like, if we just make his model hot enough they won't care and to a certain degree they weren't wrong they were about right. that but like <laughs> still would have liked to have seen it yeah i'm gonna be like completely honest and say that like you know maybe it's just being me being shallow but i've got more time for the the ferelden long man than i do from than i do from the with the cough bird but i do think ultimately they both have the same issues <laughs> Um, yeah like why do we think that is though because i sort of feel the same way like i don't think cullen has done less or fewer acts of brutality than garris has but why does he seem like less of a cop i think y'all are just not alien fuckers i'm really no and i think i mean there's more layers to it but also let's acknowledge that (laughs) listen i mean we are romance yeah like i've kissed jaw i just don't like turians but you like some Turians. You like Nihilus. I like Nihilus. I like Petra. It's just, it's just Garrus. And like, I'm trying to figure out why, like, what about these two characters is different? Because they're really, in a lot of ways, the same. I think, I personally think I feel that- like Cullen's arc does give you, like, more of an opportunity to sympathize with him because you are kind of there for a lot of it. Like, True. you are there when he's tortured by the mages. And, like, you True. can kind of understand his, like descent into fascism that's not the word (laughs) i'm not making this sound good at all but i mean that's effectively what it is and like he does have like a little bit of a um face turn at the very end of dragon age 2 so like you can kind of believe where his arc should have been going right but the fact that inquisition just doesn't deliver on that makes him just like a very hypocritical character to me right totally and I do think maybe that, that is, is it. Maybe if we had building. seen Garrus, oh, continue, Claire. Oh no, I was just saying, like, if we had seen some of the, like, if we had seen some of the shit that Garrus saw, maybe we'd understand. Yeah, 
and empathize a little bit more. Yeah, maybe. But the way it is, it just kind of seems like a choice for him. <laughs> He's just like, he wakes up every day and chooses violence. <laughs> I also think... Quite literally. He do, really does. Like, he just gets that gun out and he's, like, ready to go. Whereas, you know, <laughs> Cullen, Cullen is always a bit reticent with his sword, so. But I do think that is also, like, an issue with, not an issue with the well-being, but how the world-building differs. Like, how I said before about the alliance being, like, a pipeline. The Templars are the pipeline for those kids in Dragon Age. Mm. You know, at least mm. in, like, the the southern nations. You know, even in, I mean, in Tevinter as well, even though their purpose is different. And I feel like, you know, they kind of touch on it in the games, but I do think that they could make Cullen's role and also, like, the, the you know, they try and make a sympathize with, like, individual Templar groups, and it never really works mm-hmm. because they don't really get into the meat of what they imply with the Templars, which is that they are yeah. child soldiers who are radicalized from a young age. I'm taken from that. I would family. say it's a different kind of pipeline, or like maybe because like Cullen is from a fairly well-off family, if I remember correctly, right? I thought he was he's a not. Farmer. He's like a farmer. He is. I thought yeah. he yeah. was like Duke of Hanleith or something. No, no, he's like a farmer from Hanleith, and like that, and he and he was going to be a farmer, but he really, really wanted to go into the Templars, and they took him when he was like I don't know, like ten or something. Y'all know too much about this, man. Let me Google. Yeah, I know it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Why would I'm we not lie saying you're wrong? I just feel like <laughs> if he has three names, he should have more money. But also, you know? I have three <laughs> names. Point in the game that he's not like nobility. Yeah, but like, Eddie, this is the past. <laughs> if you'd romance him, then you'd know. This was back when like you were named after like your job, like yeah. your name was John Smith because you were a Smith. That wasn't like actually your identity. <laughs> I don't know what Weatherford means, but I think it was just like the most British sounding name they could think of in that instance <laughs> when they were like world building. It's super in, like, British. 2008. Yeah, it's like the most British yeah. name ever. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but like to get back on the child soldiers um, line of thought, like it's kind of how like Alistair was going to be a Templar before mm-hmm. he was pulled out by Duncan to become a warden. Yeah. Just because that's kind of like where like all the spare children seem to go. Yeah. Yeah, they go to the church. <laughs> and yeah. like it's and literally like the army recruiter shows up to their high school and is like, "You're very immature for your age. Do you know what you should consider?" <laughs> and, then, and then they're a temple. Oppressing mages. <laughs> and it's like the only way for kids to get like you know educated and stuff. So like when you think about it, it's kind of dark. Like and it's actually a very testament. Right. To, like a good testament to Al- Alice's character that he was able to kind of pull himself out of that. Whereas you know Colin kind of barreled in deeper because they make you believe it's right and it's the one way forward and I feel like if they kind of delved into that more like how they kind of it like seeps into like the, the fabric you know what I mean and like it, it, I think I think they do a much better job of kind of making Colin I think he's sympathetic at times but not in terms of the Templar stuff apart from the like you know what happened in the circle everything else is just like well you know you chose to do it my dude you know it's Sorry about what happened to you in the circle, yeah. but um, I do think that's a difference. Especially like, Inquisition, where they're like, I think I said this verbatim in the last episode, but like, we're being told that he's changed, that he regrets all this stuff that he did in two, but then he turns around and like advocates for the same shit that again. was happening in two. Yeah. But I guess like a nicer version. Yeah. And I think it's just like ultimately. He's more of a centrist in Inquisition. Yeah. He's yeah. Like a, he's like a toothless centrist. But like, I do think there's something <laughs> to be said that he's like, like he, he well, well, how old does Colin like in Inquisition? Like, what, 29, 30? He's the same age as like what Bethany and Carver is, like pretty young characters in the scheme of the, um, in the scheme of the, the world, you know, actually pretty underqualified, I think. Don't come at me, people, that I say like Colin was unqualified for his position. In Inquisition, but he kind of is. <laughs> he, if you start off at like thirteen, like that's like you know, like that's like years and years of unlearning to do. But the difference is that he was thirteen, and he's like, oh, this is the only way that you know that you can have like um like a vocation outside of you know tilling the same fucking fields that your father did until you die, unless they have a drought, and it's the only way for you to get educated. <laughs> versus, daddy won't let me join the army, so I'm going to join CSEC. <laughs> 
honestly, maybe that's the difference because like it is. I don't excuse. I think you're right. Like I don't excuse the shit that Cullen says, does, believes, but you can understand it a little bit more considering, you know, the background. Right. At least I can. I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like it's I just feel like Dragon Age: Lore as a whole like a is just a little bit more like... developed than Mass Effect, so this is why this happens. Like, yeah, Mass and Effect also Mass like Mass Effect forward. lore is, no, and it's just like it's our world, but you're just gonna like fast forward and like add in some aliens. Where Dragon Age, like obviously there are you know alleg- allegories, whatever there are you know connections to our world, but it's a whole different thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not quite one to one. And Garrus is definitely like like a mo- person who is a modern day cop. Like he chose to do it. That's his vocation, you know. Whereas like yeah. you know, the Templars and Dragon Age are more like it's more of the actual Templars or like paladins, like fantasy worlds, you know. Um, they do function as a cop, but they are like you know fundamentally quite different. But you know, but they yeah. are still cops. Like you know, they're just yeah old timey fantasy cops. Yeah, it's like Aveline and Garrus would be friends they're the same <laughs> yeah there's a difference between like joining the guard and joining like a religious order that like recruits people from the young age you know um I don't yeah. yeah a little bit this. for sure but but like i do think there's something to be said about like how you know they have like all these a lot of like tidbits where they could where they yeah they could do all the things that they say that he is near the end of at the end of inquisition they don't like they could go into like meredith and what, like, like when you really delve into it, the reason why he's there in two. And they just kind of touch on it, but they don't... But, you know, it'd do much better for Cullen's character as a whole if they were intending him to make him a much bigger character in Inquisition. If they did get into why the fuck Meredith recruited, like, this PTSD-riddled, like, 20-year-old to be her second-in-command of, like... Yeah, like, let's get into it. The biggest it. city... In- Marches. I think we should get into it because I don't think I don't think it's like that talked about because it's like kind of you know touched on, it's implied. You kind of put put mm-hmm. the pieces together. Yeah, it's definitely really implied, like... but I do think yeah, like I think um I think I think also this is where Cullen's story differs differs from Garris's is that Cullen's story primarily it's it's a story about addiction, but it's also a story about deradicalization. I don't think they do the de-radicalization part particularly well, but that is his... At like, all. That is what his story's about. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't do it well. Yeah, like, like uh, that's what they're trying to, like, pretend that he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, like, one of the most, like, cop trope um, loyal parts of Garrett Not Garrus. One of the most cop trope loyal aspects of Cullen's character arc is the fact that he has like this, I guess you call him a narrative foil, Samson, who in yeah. Dragon Age 2 is a former yeah. Templar yeah. who is smuggling mages out of the circle. To be fair, it is yeah. for drug money, but like he's smuggling mages out of the circle. And then by the time we get to Inquisition, <laughs> and he's, going, and he he's the villain of the narrative. Where it was. Yeah. Listen, they're not in the circle. Yeah. But like the fact that Samson, who is the villain true. in Dragon Age Inquisition, is arguably doing more of the like radical deconstruction work that Cullen probably should yeah. have been doing between two and Inquisition, but is then made the villain yeah. in the subsequent game is kind of interesting. Like I feel like they are valorizing the fact that Cullen doesn't actually leave the Templars when in fact we know that there is no reforming of the policing system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just creates like, you know, drug addicted husks of people who eventually die, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like just that liberal flavor of like, we know it's bad, but we can change it from the inside, knowing that that absolutely is not the case. Abolish the Templars, period. And I do. Yeah, Every time you, I play that game. Hell yeah. you are insane. <laughs> and you make Liliana divine at the end, as you should be, because what the fuck are you doing otherwise? You know that she abolishes Honestly. the Templars. Well, sometimes I forget to play that quest line i forget to do all the points and i get to like the epilogue and it's like and then vivian became the divine and i'm like ah oh, fuck <laughs> didn't mean to do that vivian is radical but in a different way than what we want her to yeah be like honestly be better vivian than cassandra yeah cassandra's like an apex nightmare 
Vivian like keeps them but like uses them for like her own ends which is like I'm not I'm not too sure how I feel about that like on the one hand like use those use those tampons and the other hand's like maybe not you though <laughs> yeah Vivian feels like she's kind of working within the system to like yeah. elevate mages rather than like diminish templars yeah yeah like she's kind of it's- bringing them up while like kind of pretending that everything's gonna stay the same yeah. which like I can kind of respect yeah she's girl bossing <laughs> Girl boss the chantry girl. Let's do it. Yeah, she wants to like she she wants to like kind of stealth make it stealth um to Vinter, but with like more leashes on the mages, if that makes sense. Like the mages are more powerful. Like, yeah, like you said, Daddy. Whereas um whereas Liliana literally just wants to like tear the whole system down. And then ultimately it's just which what which would you rather have? I can't even remember what Cassandra does as Divine. I never she, like, just as far as I can like, remember, she doesn't do anything. Exactly. Good for her. Alright. <laughs> and everyone loves her, even though it's more of the same shit. Like, um, everyone fears Vivienne and, Vivienne and Liliana. Um, you know, unless, like, you make Liliana nice again. But, yeah, like, I think, you know, Liliana realizes something fun- fundamental that the Templars are broken, that no one really else does. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's essentially, but again, like they just never have really any teeth to it. And like, even with like talking about like the fundamental, like brokenness of how like these things come about, like they don't go into how Meredith like purposely chose Colin as her second in command because his other commander didn't want him anymore because he was, you know, you know, severely mentally ill and wanted to commit brutality on a ton of majors and she thought, yes, that is the perfect person for me. <laughs> so they don't talk people? about that. Like they just think that you know, they just like, you know, Kirkwall's really bad in general, but they don't say, Oh no, actually this happens more than what you think. Because surely that happens more, you know? And like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe that is, like, kind of the fundamental failing of the story is that, like, you see him getting, like, further and further radicalized, but they don't show you, like, how he gets to radicalized or if he really is. He's just, like, a centrist. Um, He's just, like, you know, he's, like, a, he, he, he's, like, kind of a back-of-the-blue type person and then eventually quits the force but still, you know, you know, still donates to, like, I don't know, does, like, union drives and shit. Like, there's not, there's not really much, <laughs> not really much <laughs> exactly. change there. He has a fucking thin blue line shirt or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dragon Age, more so than Mass Effect, has, like, so much both sidesing when it comes to the mages and the Templars. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we're told to believe that because mages just happen to be very destructive, they deserve all of this shit for their own good. <laughs> and it's okay. like, well, no. There has to be another solution. <laughs> you yeah. just simply are not, like, choosing to look for one. I think it would be better if, like, they actually showed us do them bad things. But, like, into it would just, like, they undermine that point where they're like, yeah, the mages, they got out, they wanted to escape so they could do dot, 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 blood magic, you know? And it's only because, and it's always because, like, they got shoved to, like, you know, they got they got corners, essentially. Like, there's never actually, mm. like, proof mm-hmm. of the mages doing that much, you know? And even with the... I feel like their attempt to show us what it would be like is, like, the existence of Deventer. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if they think that's, like, the other end of the dichotomy. And so, um, it's like, it's like, they shouldn't yeah. assume that just because mages would be free, they would in- immediately start doing slavery and blood magic. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a middle ground that you're refusing to see here. Because they do try and do that with Anders a little bit, but I think that's purely part of, part of Anders' thing, you know, when um, he, like, approves of Femris gets taken in by, um, Demet, you know, gets caught by Suck his again. Or, you know, he does voice, like, things, like, you know, he, he gets very into, like, divinity things. And I think that's the game trying to say, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, if they get so radicalized, they'll be, want to become just like divinity. It's like, well, no, not really, because then you have people like Meryl. It's like, you know, I think that's just Anders uniquely being a fucking arsehole. Like, that's... The, yeah, that's Meryl just, just wants to fix her little mirror. She just wants to restore <laughs> her antiques and mind her little business. <laughs> Maybe unleash, like... Morgan you know, just wanted to, like, dark I don't know, fuck around... With guys in the forest. 
Yeah, like Morgan just wanted to like live in the woods and have men leave her alone. Like, don't we all want that? That's a very common desire in life. (laughs) And for them to demonize that is just so problematic. (laughs) I know, I know. What is one army of like undead souls unleashed from a broken mirror compared to, you know, whatever the fuck Anders wants to do? Nothing. They do really, I feel like really Anders, good. despite like everything about him, is like a well-written character. Yeah, I just hate him. <laughs> like he, I don't like him, but I dislike him for reasons that are true to his character. Whether, yeah. Whereas yeah. I just like Cullen for reasons that are like not true to his character, because his character is so inconsistent. Yeah, Cullen's just like not well-written. He's all over the place. Yeah, because they wanted him to be something different than he ended up being in the last game. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like if they stuck, if they, you know, if they did try and make consistency, he'd be a much better character than what he is. Like, you know, even as Bromance, which is one of the better ones in that game. And, you know, that's not really saying much because they're all pretty bad in that yeah, game. Yeah, that's not really a high bar to clear. But, but it would hit harder, you know? If there's bones there that you can play with, you can make a story out, you can make a point about the radicalization. It's just they didn't, they didn't really know what to do with it. Um, yeah, like set like both sizing the issues and being just incredibly centrist in the narrative, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I, I know I said it. I, I, it's always fucking Colin Cass, but like I said it last week, where it's like if he had told the Inquisitor to side with the Mages over the Templars, like I think that would have done wonders. That would have been so character. different. But I also think then it would have and i mean obviously like we know this to be true but bioware always tries to avoid this where it's like that makes the templars the bad guys like unequivocally if even a former templar is like you can't side with the templars they're bad Mm -hmm. then like there's no wiggle room in the story to be like well maybe the templars are fine so like i kind of think they shied away from it so they could for game mechanics illusion that like both sides are valid it's like right and like we have to ask ourselves if the reason bioware is doing that with the templars is because they know that they are cops right exactly it's interesting it's interesting i really hope they do change it up in like in like the next couple of games even though i know like the the templars and davinci are like glorified city guards essentially um but I do think that they kind of like, you know, just, you know, just allow your teeth, little guys, you know, say what you want to say. Don't feel cowed, you know, people are going to play anyway. Me, I'm people. Yeah, um, it's play. me, I'm bitches. So I think after getting into Cullen for a little bit, we can go into another character who was a huge cop, um, which for some reason, to me anyway, gets a lot less heat. And I think it's because of the space that they occupy in the story. And that character is Aveline. Who Aveline. Is, the who crowd's is... booing in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of city guards. <laughs> So Aveline is she's a she's an army she she's an army she's a soldier in Kaylin's army um she's married to a Templar husband who then dies en route to Kirkwall she then gets into City Guard because City Guard is one of the very few places open up to refugees fair enough apart from a life of crime and remember Aveline is very straight edge she can't possibly get into a life of crime and then by the end of the game she becomes captain of the City Guard what is the game trying to tell us. And what are they trying to say about Aveline with this storyline? Not a lot, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, honestly, I don't know what they're trying. I don't like Aveline. I can't stand her personally. She bothers me. She bothers my hawk. Just like, get a hobby. <laughs> leave us alone. We found you on the side of the road. That doesn't make you, like, responsible for my life. You don't get to have a comment on everything I do. Leave mm. me alone. Go do your little like, cop things. Claire, you know how life. you were saying that like Mass Effect kind of forces you to believe Garrus is your best friend? Yes. It's like Dragon Age 2 forces you to yeah. believe that Aveline is your big sister. Yeah, and I'm like, no, well, I'm the big sister in this family. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> there can't be two of us. 
No, it's crazy. I do think that Abilene, and I know I'm going to get heat for this, but this is just something I've seen and I think I've heard, and I think that people palm it off because they do occupy the space. But Abilene very much occupies a not like other girl space in the narrative. I'm not like other girls. Yeah. And I think people mm. cling to her because of that. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But I do think that kind of makes people like, you know, when we go into the whole, you know, when people, you know, I'm talking about, you know, like resident stuff fans and they get into the deep dives. It's like, and I was like, oh, that person's, that's a cop. Colin's the worst, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you all like Aveline. So you can't really say much. Like in this, in this world, we're all hypocrites. But I do feel like it's, you know, I do think it's part of the reason that she's like, she's like, and I'm not like other girls and people like her because of that and not really much else. And also I think that her character is quite misogynist, really. She like is quite, she occupies, it's like, she's like a very specific type of character that only existed in like the late O's and like early 2010s. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. She's so, yeah, like, she's so Like, she's just there to be a mouthpiece for internalized misogyny, and it's like, yeah, yeah, and it's like, that's my girlfriend. Don't fucking talk about her, though. There's no pushback (laughs) on it. There's no pushback. Like, not once in the game can you say to Aveline, hey, don't call my friend a whore. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like, it almost makes you think there's some kind of, like, um, subtextual, um, racial element to that because i sincerely Mm. doubt they'd be allowed to get away with that if it was a white character that she was calling a whore yeah yeah and yet people are like oh well you know isabel pushes back and they're friends at the end anyway it's like yeah but but what is about are they friends though i don't think they're friends i think they tolerate each other by the end (laughs) like let's start there yeah between those women like i've only played two twice and the first time I, like, did all the Aveline quest lines, and I was like, this is fucking weird. And then the second time I just didn't talk to her the whole game. And then at the end she shows up and she's like, oh, I regret to inform you. I cannot fight with you. I'm like, girl, that's completely fine. Don't feel like you need to. <laughs> it's okay. I never expected you to. But, like, her main her main conflict in the second, so this, you know, the act's, like, the second act is mainly about Isabella, right? But mm-hmm. when her and Aveline are having that argument in the Hawk Estate, they're having an argument, and it's because one of them believes that, or that, you know, their deal is more important than the other. But ultimately, Aveline's deal is, is like, help me cover up um, mass abuse by the Kirkwall gods, and, and <laughs> the Kunari are taking in people who have been assaulted by Kirkwall gods. And, like, Which she... is peak cop behavior! Exactly. <laughs> no, it's funny. Um, like while um, Isabella Cullen Steele is kind of like the sympathetic. Sorry, you got all, all that lag for a second. <laughs> no, no, keep. I was going. saying that. Um, sorry. <laughs> whereas Cullen is like the kind of sympathetic cop character, Aveline is kind of like the useless cop character. Because <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's in the city guard, <laughs> doing jack shit <laughs> respectfully though. Like, Hawk is doing all the work that she's supposed to be doing. Like, Hawk is out there solving murders and, like, preventing these crimes. There's literally, like, a slave smuggling ring attempting to, like, capture Fenris and, like, smuggle him back out of Kirkwall. And it's like, nobody's doing anything about this except Hawk. Like, there's so much crime and corruption that's not being handled by her, the captain of the city guard. Like, what is she there for? Yeah, exactly. And, like, there's no sort of interrogation about, like, you know, so in Act 2, essentially, isn't it, like, that two members of the Guard um, sexually assaulted an elf, and then Mm. the elves turned to the Kumari, who then shield them, and obviously that is one of the big events that makes the Arashok go fucking nuts, because he's like, well, this place is useless, and then that sexy of him. I have to agree, yeah, I do, I do agree. And you're, I'm like, you do, and that's probably what makes him a compelling vi- villain, is because that you're like, no, he's right. Like, this is terrible. But then the game does ultimately nothing about it. You can't push back. And Aveline about a hawk can say nothing. So what was the point of pointing that in the first place then? That really bothers me. Like, 
Right. It's like just this a trauma for no reason. Yeah. yeah well, it's like common thread of cops in Bioware games doing cop things and you're able to say nothing and change nothing about it. Right. It's infuriating. At best, they will agree with you that what they did was wrong and then go back and do the shit that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, you're right. I shouldn't have killed that, you know, civilian. Oh, well, we'll get him next time. And then they <laughs> They do not get him next time. <laughs> and, like, there was all sorts going on in that guard under her watch. And yet, we're supposed to believe that, like, she deserves that post. Yeah, like, girl, Kirkwall is a haven for criminals and bad behavior. You're bad at your job. Like, at what point do you have to do some reflecting and be like, I'm not effective here in this role? But, like, to be fair, when in history has a police officer successfully stopped crime? That's true. That is true. <laughs> it's very true to life in that cops do not solve crime or prevent crime. They, in fact, probably cause they, crime. They do they the crime. It. That's fair. So in that sense, she's a very well-written character. <laughs> is that all the cops that we have to offer? There are some characters who are, like, technically cops or, like, cop-like, but aren't as copy. The We're cop just making up adjectives. Couple Jason yeah. characters. Since we're talking about Dragon Age, what about Cassandra? She is technically a Templar, but like not a Templar. She's a she's like a super seeker? Templar. She's like she's like she's the like, cops boss. Yeah, you know what it reminds like, me of? Like the Templars versus the Seekers is kind of like cops versus like the CIA. The where FBI. like we're just yeah. it's just understood <laughs> to us that like secret agent FBI CIA people are like cooler than regular cops, even though they're really just cops. They're just super cops. I probably yeah. do more yeah, wall like, crimes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the solution in like the Chantry's solution to cops being corrupt was to create another layer of cop to be like, I feel like more cops will solve this problem. <laughs> they will not. Make them answerable to only them. Therefore, rife with and you know and like make them very secretive and therefore ripe for corruption. Right. And I like how this, like, other secret order of cops just happens to not be lyrium addicted. Like, what the fuck is up with that? The Chantry is so evil. <laughs> Fucked up. The Chantry is the problem here. <sighs> Honestly, it all comes back to religion. Organized religion. Yeah, and, like, you could say that, like, the Seekers kind of started it all because they had the secret. I mean, Cassandra didn't know. She did feel bad about it. We could be fair to her. <laughs> but she, the, 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 the Seekers knew how to cure tranquility and basically whichever seeker because seekers go through the right of tranquility and they're able to draw themselves back from it but mm -hmm. they knew that and just use that as a weapon against phages yeah so ultimately they are like the problem like yeah they were operating even outside of like the templar lines to get like like question mark done i don't they still don't know what they do what are they like, do, what do they do? I honestly don't know either. I was going to ask, do the Seekers, like, or are the Seekers responsible for Templars having to use Lyrium in order to have their, like, little powers? Because if they're doing that on purpose, because I know Cassandra doesn't use Lyrium, I think. I'm going to... This is, this is, like, super bad to me, because I, I don't need... Because I do have the guide, the World of Thedas. Oh, let's crack it open. We got the room. receipts. I've got... I'm looking at the Seekers of Truth, okay? Okay. <laughs> Can you um do some like page turning ASMR into the mic? Um, I have got nothing to hand. Oh my god, the pressure's too much. <laughs> um, shh, shh, shh. Thanks. That's me my finger. Um, okay, the seekers of truth. This is from um the Dragon Age fan wiki. The Seekers of Truth are an Andrastian order that acts as a secret police force for the Chantry, mm. done, sanctioned done, directly done. by the Divine in Barrel. There it is. The organization acts as a check on the power of the Templar order, acting in a secretive, investigative, investigative and interrogative capacity to root out corruption and protect the Chantry from internal and external threats. They may also become involved in the hunting of particularly cunning apostates, Templars fear and despise the Seekers as they must usually involve themselves when the Templars are failing in their duties. 
So basically, they are the CIA or MI6. That's so funny. What the fuck is the point? <laughs> and what do they oh do? God. They do fuck all. They're just like the <laughs> Where were they when they're the divine like... Go on, yeah, go on. like no, I mean they're just like the secret police of the chantry. Like they just do whatever the divine wants them to do. I guess. But like they were carried on about saying like divine Justinia was all like but this peacekeeping stuff. Well where were the fucking seekers when um, Meredith was like <laughs> was like burning down Kirkwall? Where That's were they? fine. It's just Kirkwall. That's fine. Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> they were like, I'm just gonna let that sort itself out and then we'll see what's left later. We'll sort out the aftermath. They all are also child soldiers as well. The vast majority of Seekers are recruited as children. Interesting. Disgusting. I wonder what they look for in a Seeker versus a Templar. It doesn't matter. It's all bad. But I am curious. Like, it all fucking sucks. But, like... Well, Cassandra is royalty. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's it, yeah. Yeah. Very distant royalty, but... She, yeah, yeah, and she she joined it because I mean, surprise, surprise, her brother was murdered by mages. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh no! Um, it says why do I think well, he was eaten by a dragon or something? I don't know why maybe, I thought that. Maybe he was. Maybe it was both at the same time. Who who can know? I'm not <laughs> maybe the, the mage the fed him to the dragon. There we go. <laughs> that sounds great. Go for that mage. Um, Probably use Lyrium, which makes their abilities different from Templars, though they are able to utilize Templar abilities. They develop their abilities through ritual and many years of dedicated training. Seekers also have abilities that Templars do not. Seekers cannot be possessed and are immune to mind control. Some Seekers can gain other gifts, gifts depending on the individual, such as setting, setting Delirium within a person's blood of flame. They can use... They can be used to bend a page on temp- mage or templar to the seeker's will, interrogate or paralyze. Once there is a seeker who's used the ability to kill, though this isn't considered rare. That's mildly insane, actually. Like, what the fuck? And this is all because they go through that right of tranquility, basically. Okay, so when Leliana becomes divine and realizes that they can reverse tranquility and just, like, reverses all of it, then you're just gonna have, like, a bunch of Superpowered mages that rules. Let's do it. I'm into it. Let's go. <laughs> World War Four. <laughs> yeah, they get basically get like during the right tranquility. This the they summon the spirit of faith to touch the initiate's mind, thus breaking the tranquility and giving the seeker their abilities. So essentially, it's magic. It's yeah, magic. they're just like yeah. Hmm. I love hypocrisy in our. Right, I'm like, they literally use magic. Why are they imprisoning mages? Because right. it's easier for them? Like, No wonder Cassandra like... is having a breakdown. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like, Cassandra, I think, also falls into, like, the, you know, one good cop mm. trope, where it's like, she doesn't know any of this, and I believe that she doesn't know any of this, but, like, her impulse is still to be like, well, should I try to fix it? Yeah, should once I she finds out, it? she doesn't do anything. Like, as divine, yeah. she doesn't do anything. So. Yeah. So it's like, Bro, this whole thing sucks. They all suck. <laughs> this is why Liliana needs to be needs to be divine. She needs to tear the entire the entire system down. And she's the person who can do it, you know? Yeah. She's got yeah. the balls. I think that's the end of our Dragon Age cops. We did neglect one Mass Effect cop, which is best boy Liam from Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. How was Liam Liam's- a cop? He's like a security well, like, guard. Oh uh, yeah. Well, he's, he's self-described as a cop. Yeah. But the thing is, like, he is no longer a cop by the events of Andromeda, which is probably yeah. why he's like the only tolerable character on this list. No, That's true. He quits. Oh yeah, he quits, doesn't he, to join the Andromeda mission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my and mind, like, he's like a mall cop. He's like the Paul Blart of this. <laughs> list. <laughs> he's like a cop, but is he really? They, like, they don't really elaborate on what he did, but what's interesting is right. that even though he is, like, a cop, quote-unquote, like, the way he interacts with people and the way he, like, solves problems is not, like, the cop MO. Right. Like, he actually is actively trying to help people. Yeah, he's, like, quote-unquote, the Rather cop. than just, like, stomping over everyone in order to solve, quote-unquote, said conflicts. Yeah. 
totally. That's why he had to quit. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only good cop is next cop, and he knew yep. that. <laughs> and, like, he does, like, he is very cocky the way he, like, interacts with, like, Vetra, you know, smuggler queen. Um, you know, he's very, like, That is true, lying. but I also feel like Liam was, like, very inconsistently written. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and, like, in some interactions, he's, like, very hostile. And I think they realized they wanted to dial it down too late. Yeah. It's like midway through. Like, ooh, we should correct some of Yeah, this. he's super mean to Metro for some reason. I think that's when they really wanted him to be a cop. They were like, no, let's just make him this happy-go-lucky, um, everybody-should-be-friends yeah. guy. Yeah, that Metro was the and Liam but for they real hate each other. And it's kind of funny, like, taking them along <laughs> in the little um, the nomad. Just, like, yeah. feeling really weird about everything. Yeah, I love making them be cooped up in, like, a small tin can. Like jolting them over dunes as they argue over like fuck those. Um, that is like right. the, the biggest, biggest pleasures of Andromeda. Riders yeah. like motherfucker, I will drive us into this canyon. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, I think yeah. Like ultimately, like he is a good cop because he's the one who quits and like you know, um, and he still just tries to op- operate within the parameters of like what is legal. But then his loyalty mission kind of does throw that out of the mission as well. Mission. The window. And literally, oh, yeah, you fall right. through a window in the, in the loyalty <laughs> Good pun. Good pun. I saved that just last minute. Yeah, he does kind of go into that, like, um, I guess, maverick trope that they put all cops into in that particular mission. But in general, like, he's super chill and tolerable. Just can't put him in a car with anyone else, but... Right. <laughs> and also, he's like cops where he gets a bit... He's like, you know, he's been stuck in a small town... And he wants to marry the first person that he sleeps with, you know? And that's pretty much him with Ryan. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he, like, right. proposes to them at the end of the game. I was like, whoa there, buddy. Like, let's, oh, yeah. let's, uh, let's dial us down there a minute. Yeah, we couldn't win them all, unfortunately. <laughs> <sighs> they just, in general, Bioware just can't really write a cop character or, like, a law a law enforcement character. No. You could have just said Bioware can't write and ended the sentence. <laughs> like, I really wish they would stop with this trope because at this point it's, like, actively doing harm in the grand scheme of things. Like, stop trying mm-hmm. to do copaganda. Just stop it. Yeah. I feel like society as a whole is going through a bit of a reckoning in regards to yeah. that, but I also, like, do we think Bioware is going to actually take any of that to heart? In their future games? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't I don't think so, but also, like, I don't know. Like, this is me putting on my clown shoes, being a clown. Absolutely <laughs> but it's also, like, if anyone in the video game sphere was going to try to, like, you know, reconcile that, I wouldn't count yeah. them out. Nobody's going to do that, but, like, they're the one studio where it's, like, uh, maybe. It's not completely outrolled. Right. Right. And that's why we love not- Bioware. They might yeah. give us the bare minimum. <laughs> They might. One they day. might do the right thing. <laughs> for, for like a, a, a dev that was like actually was pretty ahead of the curve up until recently about portraying you know, different sexualities and gender identities as clunky as they are in hindsight, you know, and quite earnestly as well. When it comes to like other most like when it comes to their depictions of like law enforcement, racism, um, religious violence um, can be pretty terrible at times. And the mainly think about Inquisition mm. in this, in this particular thing. Yeah. And I think because <laughs> they get away, they escape that a bit in Mass Effect because the humans are living in a utopian society where they all band together to defeat the evil birds. Um, and so <laughs> race and ethnicity don't matter anymore. Apparently, it's so nice that racism and sexism aren't real anymore. Only towards aliens, okay. <laughs> Only towards right. sexy sorry who. Who are strippers onto the uh, the evil birds? Like, yeah, so. sexism is dead except for every time we talk about a single woman in any <laughs> instance. But Dragon Age is like like also kind of heavy, heavily handed. They it's I think I said that in the previous episode is like a lot of the stuff is like based on real cultures, and to the point where it kind of makes it very clumsy, you know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, like the like I you mentioned, you know, with Maryland stuff like the last week about the coding of the Dalish, 
being they are like you know the the cozies become like american and australian indigenous cultures especially mm. american indigenous cultures like nomadic um romany also like kind of irish kind of welsh and so when you have a storyline about not giving meryl her ancestral life back to her that's a really bad look because they base these cultures on like very literally on things and so you know in a normal world you wouldn't give Meryl that knife you shouldn't really but because you know it's literally coders are you are like this outsider refusing to give an indigenous person like a sacred object Right, like, okay, why are you well, making me the cop in that scenario? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't but think the thing is, that's the thing. The, the keeper, is that the right, the keeper of the clan, like, the leader of the clan mm. tells mm-hmm. you not to give it to her. That is true. So I don't give it to her. <laughs> because I'm like, this lady who seems to be in charge told me not to. <laughs> Fair. Ultimately, it's like, the, I think it's kind of the right decision because I, you know, I just... Bless you, Meryl. I just don't trust you. But, like, that is that kind of thing. Like, why should Hawk, you know, take yeah, Marathari like, out of the situation? Like, why should Yeah, Hawk like, Hawk shouldn't Hawk be involved. Out? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's weird that the narrative is even structured in a way to make Meryl wrong in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, also, it's, like, that's, like, what the, like, the, it just makes it clumsy. Because it's, like, then, like, then you've got, and then it kind of plays into the, the fandom where it's, like, people take stuff a little bit too seriously. And, you know, they, mm. they compare, like, you know, mages to, like, you know, like, real people on the outside world. And that's necessarily, I think, beyond reaching a bit. But that's also because, like, Bioware makes it very literal at times, you know, to the point right. where it's, like, you know, you know, because especially the elves in general are kind of coded this way. When you get to Solus, there's a big contingent of people who like Solus or, like, Solus Mantis who are like, yeah, let them nuke the world. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Um and yeah, and I think that's probably that makes like the cop stuff even worse because I think it's like it's like layers upon layers of like like real world layers that like kind of like transplanted onto like this imaginary world and this imaginary world is not far removed enough from the original world building for it to kind of work, you know, for them to right for them to want to play both sides. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at, you know. So, um. What I'm trying to say is, Bioware, stop making everywhere fantasy friends, you know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it essentially Phasus is like an upside down Europe. And with pretty much, the, yeah. With like all this stuff mixed in. And then the Kimari are like the threatening brown people, you know. They're For sure, but like, instead of being brown, they're gray. <laughs> yeah. And instead, you know, instead of the coon, they're coming in with, um, instead, they're coming essentially in with communist Islam, and they don't like it. Right, I was gonna say, it's literally like Red Scare propaganda meets, like, Islamophobia, somehow. And, and yet, so... And there's also, cool like, Shibari models. bondage involved. Yeah. Um, sounds like I'm a not... great character to me, but... <laughs> sounds like fucking cute. But that is essentially why a lot of it fails, yeah, because, like, because cause then when you have, like, well, how can you make the Templars sympathetic then if you're having such an on the nose allegory to like real world things to the point where the fans the answer is you invent a horrible straw man villain version of a mage in order to justify everything that Templars have been doing for hundreds of years (laughs) in this one moment right at the very end with no lead up I feel like that's a wrap anything else we gotta say Okay, well. I keep waiting for like the fandom or the discourse to really dive into, like with the remaster coming out. Like, Garrus is a cop. Why is nobody talking about it? Because no one is playing this shit except for the people who already played it. I'm trying so hard to get my Dragon Age friends to play Mass Effect, and it's like, just get some taste, guys, please. Oh, God. True. Like, probably most people who played it already have their opinions formed but there are new people (laughs) playing it so like where is the conversation about how garris is a cop and bad i'm waiting for it also as we're we're providing it right now that's true actually (laughs) be the change i don't want dragon age fans so much as i want the amount of fan content that dragon age has to be created yeah i want but then you get 2014 dragon age fandom and 
all the well i can just ignore that yeah that's true i have no problem ignoring that i want the girls who are writing the fic doing the fan art to come into mass effect and just like give it a shot of life i need it because what are solar valens if not garris and chef romances we're gonna get ouch (laughs) that wasn't a dick i'm just saying i'm just saying they're literally (laughs) the same they should they should carry like they occupy the same space (laughs) to me it's an insult to both of them i don't know which is more insulting (laughs) i agree i don't disagree with you i personally think that as someone who's not really played for the garish romance but i have watched it um i think the soulless romance is better written um but i also think that that i would rather romance garish um yeah same sweet I feel like a lot of Garrus girls are Cullen girls, but also true. I mean, I think that Garrus and Cullen occupy the same space in their respective games, so that doesn't Which is surprise cop. me. <laughs> it's cop, yeah. That cop slot, they got it. <laughs> it's the cop hole. The one cop hole. <laughs> no. Hashtag no. cop hole. Has- we're hashtagging it. You can't stop it. Okay, we have to wrap this. I can't. I can't continue <laughs> more whole talk. Okay, this literally concludes this week's episode of Trophy Wives. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this email, please share it with your local sexy bird boyfriend and or blonde cop apologist boyfriend. <laughs> As always, you can DM us your hate mail at Trophy Wivescast on Twitter. That's where we be at. In conclusion, a cab. Thanks for listening. No hole. Bye. Bye. (laughs) One hole. (laughs) 